If you would turn to your Bible, it's Psalm 91. Psalm 91. <clears throat> so I was meditating and thinking upon and praying about the service today. And uh, it's good to, good to have Ashley joining us by way of online. And good to have her home, but and not here with us. But... But anyway, it's good to have her with us uh, in spirit, at least, uh, by way of internet. Um, but anyway, as I was thinking about it, praying about it, this passage uh, came to mind, and, um, and I'm going to read the entire entire thing, entire psalm. And this psalm is believed to have been written by Moses, and many commentators believed it was written to Joshua and Caleb. And as we go through this, I think you'll see why, and I believe that's true, why I think that's true, because it, it really fits uh, what Moses here is saying uh, to them. But anyway, Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And the word pestilence means plague, and that's really what coronavirus is, plague. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold, and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways." They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation." I, I titled this this morning, Dwelling in the Secret Place. And, you know, as we think about the coronavirus pandemic and the world's reaction, uh, it clearly demonstrates to us the uncertainty and the instability of the world. Uh, it's a reminder to us that we are not to trust in the things that are temporal the things of this world. We're not to put our security or our dependence in those things. Uh, you know, we, I even was looking at some emails this morning and I saw a title, Will the World Ever Be the Same? The answer to that is probably not. Probably not. Um, you know, with everything that's happened in our world since this outbreak, uh, it's going to affect us for a long time. But again, we need to be reminded that our, our dependence or our security is not in the things of this world. You know, James chapter 4 and verse 14, 
James tells the believers in verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. It's like going out in a cold morning and, 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 and blowing out your breath and seeing, seeing your breath in the cooled air. And just that quickly it's gone. He said that's what your life is like in this world. You know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We have no assurances of life in this world of tomorrow. But if we know God and have a relationship with Him, we, have, we know that we have life beyond this one. And that our security is not to be in Him after all. He, he says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. The world changes. But the Lord said, I change not. And therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You know, we can have assurance and security in the promises of God that though we may suffer in this world and things may change, that we have, we have assurance of eternal life, a home reserved in heaven, that this isn't all there is to this. We have life beyond this, and our security is not to be in this. So as we think about it, dwelling in the secret place, the word secret place in here in verse 1 refers to a shelter or a hiding place or a place of protection. And he calls it a secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I would say to you that the Almighty God is that secret place. God is that secret place. He says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the first time that this name, Almighty, is given to God is in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, where the Lord appears to Abraham when he's 90 and 9 years old, and he said unto him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And he, and he, in that passage, he assured Abraham that he was going to have a son, a 99-year-old man going to have a son. Why? Because I am the Almighty. You see, the, the, the word Almighty, the English word Almighty, comes from the Hebrew word Shaddai, which really means breasted one. And it speaks of nourisher, strength giver, satisfier, or one who pours himself into believing lives and satisfies and nourishes them and strengthens them. And what the Lord is saying to Abraham is, I'm the Almighty, I'm the one that will give you strength, I'm the one that can give you the, satisfy your need, and I'm the one that can give you strength to have a son at 100 years old when your wife is 90 and 9. It's used in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty, the nourisher, the strength giver, the satisfier. It's used many times in the book of Job. It's used over and over in the book of Job, that, that name. Job 34.10, for example, says, Therefore hearken me, you men of understanding, Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. Job 35, 13. Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Job 37, 23. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. 
can know the mind of the Lord? Isaiah says. So Job says, we cannot, I think it's Eli, actually Elihu here is speaking, he says, we cannot find him out. You know, it, it's impossible for us as human beings to really fully comprehend and understand God. He is excellent in power and in judgment. Do you know anybody that has perfect judgment in this world? You know, there are some people that you and I look to uh, that, that we feel are, are, have good sense of judgment and, discri- and discernment, but none of us have perfect or excellent judgment. God's judgments are always right. Always. He's in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. And then it's used in Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, where it says, Behold, he, speaking of the Almighty, cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. That is the Almighty. And they also which pierced him. That is the Almighty was pierced. And all kings of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And so, you know, we know that he is coming in that time. Speaking of the, the, the last days, he's coming to set up his kingdom. And, and he's coming in flaming fire to take vengeance on them that know not a God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Almighty God is that secret place. He is the nourisher. He is the strength giver. He is the satisfier. The one who pours himself into believing lives. Just like a, new, a newborn will find its nourishment and its strength from the breast of its mother. So we find our strength, our source of strength to sustain us in life uh, through, through, the, through God. And so he is the secret place. I want you to notice, secondly, the protection of the secret place. If you notice in verse 2, and he speaks of many different it gives many different illustrations here of this protection. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Now, He is the protector of His own. You know, verse 1 says, talks about dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And as you think about it, what a secret place is, if you dwell in a secret place, a secret place, you know, thinking about a secret place, and, I, and, I, and my mind goes back to playing hide and seek when I was a kid. We played that a lot. Yeah, we didn't have television, and 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 uh, you know, so we didn't we didn't have all uh, anything to. So we made up things to play, and we had we had we we, we fought. We had the the best hide and seek uh, circumstances anyone could have. That's because that's all we knew. <laughs> but uh, we enjoyed it. But we played hide and seek, and there were some secret places that we had where we would hide. Now. When it, when, as I'm, I'm thinking about secret places in the Bible, and again, this being a secret place implies that being hidden, there are some secret places that God hides us. And let me give you a little enlightenment. It may be in broad daylight. Because if you think about it, if you read your Bible carefully, you have to come to the conclusion that many times God hid his own in broad daylight. Moses was hidden in an ark of bulrushes. 
he was supposed to have been killed. Now, he wasn't hidden there so he would never be seen. He was hit, hidden there so he would be found. But because he was hidden in the Ark of Bulrushes and through those circumstances, he was found by the princess of Egypt and delivered to his mother who got paid to nurse him. Think about it. Got paid to nurse him. Well, I'll tell you something else she did. She indoctrinated that little boy in the things of God with the time she had. And Moses never forgot that. He was hidden. Or was he really hidden? I think of David running and hiding from Saul. It wasn't that he wasn't, it wasn't known where he was. And even Jonathan said to David in 1 Samuel 23, 17, Jonathan told David, fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. Jonathan knew where he was. And Saul did do many times. And he said, he shall not find thee and thou shalt be king. See, God hid him. And many times in broad daylight. But you go over to the New Testament. And during the life and ministry, or through the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, three times in John, in John 7.30, the Bible says this, Then they sought to take him, but no man's la- laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. I mean, he's in broad daylight. His enemies are all random, and, and they sought to take him. But no man laid hands on him. Why? Because it wasn't yet God's the Father's time for him to be crucified. In verse 44 again, And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. John 8, 20, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. In John 8, 58, 59, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself, and then notice this, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So he walked right, it'd be like me walking right back through the midst of, it, of you, and you not even seeing me, or paying me no mind. You see, God closed their eyes. Just like they closed their eyes at hearing the word of the Lord. In fact, they closed their eyes so often that finally God closed their eyes that they would not hear. They would not see. You see, God is our secret place. It is He that hides us. The psalmist said in Psalm 27, 5, For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. Now, pavilion is a shelter or a place of refuge. And it says, David said, He shall hide me. In my time of trouble, he shall hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Psalm 143, verse 9. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. So, 
He is the protector of his own. And we see the protection here, that secret place. It is God that hides us. And Moses is telling Joshua and Caleb, God is going to hide you and protect you through this wilderness journey. Now we'll get a little bit of that later. You know, he talks about, notice many of the, the illustrations he gives here of how God protects his own. In, in verse uh, uh, 2 again, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress. A fortress springs, speaks of a strong place of defense. Verse 4, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. You know, growing up on the farm, we had, we had some banny chick, uh, chickens, and, uh, and they were crossed with game birds. And where they would, the roosters would fight to kill each other. But, but you know, sometimes those hens would have little chicks, and, and they'd be out, you know, wandering around in the yard or the pasture somewhere, and, and a big bird might fly over, maybe a crow or, or a hawk. And boy, those little chicks run to their mother, and she puts out her wings and covers them. It's like saying, Don't you come here. I remember one day, we had also had guineas. And these guineas hatched out, I think it was 22 little guineas. And I don't know if you've ever been around guineas, but guineas are very small when they're hatched out. Well, I saw them one day down in the meadow, and I saw one of our tomcats <laughs> you know, sneaking up. But I could tell that old guinea hen had her hen turned just a little bit. And he got so close... And that guinea wheeled around and with flapping wings and screeching like a hawk, you know, went after him. And, of course, he, he split. I mean, he took off. Uh, but it's easier. that's what God, the picture here is, he's like a hen that covers his, his chi- their chicks, her chicks. His, and, and notice in verse 4, thou, thou trust, or he, his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. We talked about this the other night. A shield is something, a defensive thing that you hold. A buckler is something you get behind. Um, and so, you know, Moses is telling Joshua and Caleb concerning the promises God gave them, and, and he's instructing them that God is going to be their protection. And will keep the promises he made to them. In Exodus 33, 11, the Bible says, The Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And verse and Numbers 32, 12 says that concerning Joshua and Caleb, that they would enter the promised land because they had wholly followed the Lord his, their God. And so there's this promise protection that God gives to those that dwell in the secret place. But I want you to notice... Thirdly, the deliverance of the Almighty in verses 8 through 16. And I'm going to notice three things here. First of all, they would see. Now I'm talking about Joshua and Caleb. They would see or they would only see or look at the judgment of the wicked. Verse 8 says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Only with thine eyes. In other words, they would see it, but not experience it. Now, keep your place here, but go over to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. Now, I want to give you some illustrations. Numbers 14, and of course, remember the story that God, uh, Moses sent in the 12 spies 
The ten came back with the evil report. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go up at once. The Lord hath given it into our hand. And, of course, they threatened to stone him. And, and of course, the, they, they lifted up their, their voices against Moses and against Aaron, and the, and the whole congregation did, and said, we wish we'd have died in the wilderness. That's, that's chapter 14, beginning of that. And then, so God says, all right, you fail to, fail to believe me? Everyone over 20 years old will not enter the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. And in verse 29, he says, Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Now drop down to verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made, made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Chapter 16. Chapter 16. And I'm not going to read all this. I'll just kind of give you an overview. We have the, 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 the rising up of Korah, Dath, and Nobiam against Moses and Aaron. And that's what basically the whole chapter is about. And, and, and so they, they rise up, and 250 of them, and, and in verse 32 says, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses and all the men that pertained to Korah and all their goods, they and all that pertained to them, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them flooded the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow up us also. And so the earth just swallows up. And the next day, swallows up 250 of them. The next day, verse 41 says, But on the morrow all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation. Behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle and the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get ye up from among this congregation, might consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, to make an atonement for them. For there is wrath going out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran in the midst of the congregation. Behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. So 14,700 more die. You go to Numbers chapter 21. They sin with Moab. They sin with Moab. They commit holding with the daughters of Moab. And another 24,000 die, plagued, as a result of this. Here's Joshua and Caleb standing over here by themselves. They're just watching. These are their brethren. These are their comrades that went with them to search out the land of Canaan. And they're all dead. And they're just watching. I mean, none of the plagues touch them. They're just watching. See, Moses said to them, 
only with thine eyes shalt thou behold the reward of the wicked. You know, you and I, as children of God, we can see the anguish and the paranoia and the fear the world has because they have no hope. We can't make them. Joshua and Caleb tried to persuade those men. Let us go up at once. The Lord hath given it under our hand. But they wouldn't be persuaded. And so they just watch. Stand there and watch. That's all they can do. But you know what? None of the plagues. And you can go through all their wilderness journey. There's plague after plague after plague. The brass servant, there's more of them die. And you think about it. For 40 years, they're wandering through the wilderness. And every man over 20 years old dies. There's funerals every week. Probably every day. And Joshua Caleb just living on. Just watching. Beholding it. Why? They're just dwelling in the secret place. They see it. But they don't experience it. You know, we don't have to experience the fear and paranoia that the world's in. Because our security shouldn't be in this world. We have a secret place. We have a secret place. Secondly, they were also protected from the destruction without, notice verses 9 and 10, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge. You know, again, think of Moses here saying to Joshua and Caleb, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge. The Lord was Moses' refuge. And then he says, even the Most High, thy habitation. So you guys have made the Lord your habitation, your dwelling place. This is where you dwell. In fact, instead of Caleb that, or, or Joshua, that he was a young man that departed not out of the tabernacle. That was, his, that was a testimony he had. He departed not from the tabernacle. In other words, he dwelled with the Lord. And five times the Bible says of Caleb that he wholly followed the Lord his God. Five times. You see, and because of that, these men were protected from the plagues. He says in verse 10, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. In all the plagues that, that the children of Israel suffered through the wilderness, none of them touched the dwelling place of Joshua or Caleb. None of them. Again, they're just watching. They're just kind of like spectators. And I'm sure that it was grieving to watch it. Knowing it doesn't have to be this way. You know, what was the cause of the plagues? Unbelief and rebellion against God. You see, it was their belief in God that protected him. Again, verse 4 says, the end of that verse, His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. They believed the promise that God gave them. Even if it took 40 years to fulfill it, even though there's only 11 days journey from Egypt 
to the promised land. They believed that promise for 40 years. Just wandering about in the wilderness. You see, they, they had to endure. They endured the hardships brought on by the rebellion of the others. But let's notice the third thing here. Not only were they protected from the destruction without, the plagues, but they were protected from destruction within. Notice verses 11 and 12, it says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou, once you know the wording here, it's very important, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now, if you dash your foot against the stone, of whose doings is that? It's your own, right? It's not something somebody does to you, you do it to yourself. And they were protected because from their own destruction within, from their flesh, and, 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 and giving in to the pressures and, 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 the, and the, the uh, hardships of this that was brought on, not of any fault of their own, but they endured that. And they remained faithful in that because of dwelling in the secret place. Again, they suffered with the wicked. Sin and death were around them constantly. People dying weekly. You know, Caleb could have become kind of angry. After all, he could have been in Hebron, fattening sheep, and eating lamb chops. There he was in the wilderness, wandering around with these rebels, eating manna every day. But you know what? He had learned to be content with that. He had learned. Why? Because he dwelled in the secret place. That's where he dwelled. It says, you see, when we dwell in the secret place, it says this. He shall give his angels charge over thee. to keep thee in all thy ways. But you know, God doesn't make us dwell in that secret place. We have to choose to. And when we choose to, God gives his angels charge over us. And Hebrews 1.14 says that the angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. That's us. And just as the angel, remember when Jesus was tempted, the Bible says that angels came then and ministered to him. And that's a good illustration of what the angels will do for us when we are faithful and trust God, put our dependence on him. You know, Jesus was hungry, and the devil offered him food. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Of course, there was a condition to that food. You know, you worship me, you follow me. No, he trusted in God, and because he put his dependence on God, even though he was God in the flesh, he showed his dependence or submission to the will of the Father, and the Father sent the angels to give charge concerning him. See, the the word bear thee up means to carry, sustain, support. 
you ever get in a place where you say, yeah, I just feel like I can't do this? Psalmist said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You see, their eyes and their faith was fixed on the Lord and it was not deterred or removed by what others did or did not do. They had put their dependence on the Lord. And that's the challenge to us. To do as they did. To dwell in that secret place. And because they had put their dependence upon the Lord and allowing Lord to direct their paths and allowing Lord, the Lord to, uh, to uh, bring them into the land in His timing, even though He had promised it 40 years earlier. You see, they were not turned away from that trust in God. And so then we see also, fourthly, the victory promise in verses 13 through 16. It says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. You know, I believe this, this verse here refers to the enemies of the Lord, the enemies of Israel that were empowered by Satan, that lived in the land. And what the, Moses is saying to Joshua and Caleb is, Hey, you're going to trample them like you would an adder. And like you would a young lion. You're going to have to, but they were going to have to face these enemies that were in the land and destroy them. Again, that took faith. After all, there were giants in there and walled cities and chariots of iron and they didn't even have instruments of war. These are farm-type people. You know, I can't imagine going to war with pitchforks against people who have swords and spears and bows and arrows. That's what they did. I'm sure after they defeated a few of them, they, they got some weapons of war from the enemy. But you see, they believed that God was their defense. They would have to fight and overcome fortified cities and giants. And he said... Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because thou hast set, he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him, I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. You see, their love, their first love was the Lord. It was set. In other words, they delighted in or longed for God and trusted in him to bring his word to pass through them. And in the midst of a very chaotic 40-year journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and then having to face the enemy's land, Joshua and Caleb never lost their trust in the Almighty. See, he was their secret place. He was their Almighty, the one who satisfies and strengthens. They had learned to be content with whatever the Lord allowed in their lives. And this, this, Lord, this hardship that was brought into their lives wasn't of their choosing. And again, the hardships of this virus is not of our choosing. But it's here. It's here. And we're not promised a life without affliction, trials, or hardships. 
We're not promised that anywhere in the Bible. What we are promised is that we can have victory over the world. We can have the peace of God. And we are promised eternal life when He is our secret place. When we put our trust and dependence upon Him. You know, Joshua and Caleb did not know what 40 years of wandering would bring. They had no idea. But they trusted God day by day. They were victorious. And in the midst of this trial, this calamity, this life-changing pandemic that we are in, God has not changed. He is still the secret place. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but God's already there. He knows the end from the beginning. And we just need to trust Him and depend upon Him. After all, He's promised, Hebrews 13, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, this, this pandemic will affect us, as it already has. But if we love the Lord, it, it won't consume us. It cannot destroy us. Because we have a God who is almighty and can sustain us and strengthen us and deliver us through anything that life brings our way. We just need to trust Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You again for the encouragement that we find in Your Word. We thank You for Your promises. We thank You, Father, that You do not change. And Father, we thank You that we can that we have the testimony of the written record of those who have gone before us that demonstrate the reality that you are our secret place. You're the one that can, you are the Almighty, you can nourish us, strengthen us, protect us. And so Father, I just pray to help us just to rest in you, trust in you, take things one day at a time, knowing that you know the future the end from the beginning. And Father, we thank you for the encouragement that we receive. And we praise you for it. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I trust it's been an encouragement and challenge to you. Um, you know, our world's not going to be the same. You think about it. We went from the lowest unemployment rate in the history of our country a month ago and I just saw 3.3 million unemployed right now. But we have a God who's unchanging. And we just need to trust in Him.